Hello and welcome to the Do We Think podcast, a podcast among friends where we go over this week's gossip, blind gossip, and all the news and telling you what we think. I am Jesse, and I'm here with Emily. So how you doing, Em? I'm pretty good. You know, Sunday, the last Sunday in February, we got March coming up. We do, we do. I am starting this week off with a blind item. Ooh, love that. I'm going to see if you can guess. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think definitely you will. Ooh. Okay. Love that confidence. Except for some light editing, I kept this tipster's words. Her fans always seem to notice the difference, yet they can't quite put their finger on it. They really are quite the Insta sleuths. Ask her for a sign. She'll send a message almost immediately and say she's totally fine while wearing her color-coded not-okay clothing or color-coded emojis. Suddenly, again, you see her dance and speak. She seems oddly nervous. She seems to speak fast, almost nervously, incessantly. She seems awkward. What is it? She's clearly not herself. That is no secret. But one must ask, why would her handlers let her post this bizarre behavior? She answers at random and what seem like fake fan questions from the equivalent of a Teen Beat interview format from the past. She is dressed in a way, a bit of a 90s or, well, just bizarre kind of way. It's almost as if she's been trapped in some sort of twisted time warp from decades ago. We all know who this is. That is not the purpose of this blind. The concern is, is it right to take all of a woman's rights away simply because she has bipolar or mental disorder? Many people are able to take lithium, antidepressants, psychotropics, and have a happy, healthy, procreative, and productive life. She has, or should have, certainly have the best medical staff access any human being could ever afford. Yet all she's cried and yearned for for years is another baby. Her Mm -hmm. eggs are aging. She is acutely aware of this. She has been on a mission and is convinced that her boyfriend has been trying desperately to help her. Though he plays his part so handsomely well, he follows his orders, gets paid handsomely, and knows what they know. News of her brief celebrity pal from the past being pregnant who is not 100% responsible, yet definitely introduced her to the worst of the worst, most manipulative, evil, drug con artists, paparazzis, dark Hollywood world, most manipulative, sorry, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which thrust her into her, at least one more, into her tumultuous, can I read, hello? Tumultuous and hellacious life ever after. No, she is simply not having it. The pregnant frenemy has sent her into overdrive with the already obsessive baby fever. Unbeknownst to her, every three months for almost a full decade, when she's not getting her bipolar medication, which they have yet to balance, they keep her on the shot. She is told the shot is B12. It is not. The shot keeps her from getting pregnant ever again. Even the father of her children knows about this. His support would be cut significantly if he broke his rule ever again. She doesn't know this. They complete her B12 dose with uppers, and she gets suddenly significantly more energy and more anxious, feisty, fidgety, and becomes the bizarre star that we can all can't help but watch and wonder, like a sweet southern tea-sipping, shod-den-fried trademark. Well, if that isn't (laughs) written, I don't know what is. I, do we think this is true? Wow. That is wild. I know. I mean... How do you get that information? If, like, that seems, like, so intense. Like, to take away someone's rights and then take away their rights to bear children is, like, 
out of this world insane. Like I can't figure out legally where that even can be part of a contract. Like that's how I I'm almost can believe it though. I feel like her dad is that evil. I mean, I don't want to believe it. I don't want I to believe it. You know, like I don't, it seems too crazy to me. It yeah. Too cra- yeah. I think it might be too crazy. I think. How do you sterilize somebody through a shot? I didn't even know you could do that. I think that's a thing. I think there is. Like you go like every three months or something. Holy cannolis. <laughs> that's <so> crazy. <laughs> um, that's wild. But I'm going to say that I'm sus because I feel like right now, topics of Brittany, everything going on in her life, people can really get away with saying the craziest shit. And yeah. I think the blind might be a reach. I think definitely in some way they definitely pump her with medicine that she's not aware of oh, I do believe that. she's she's definitely on sedatives etc etc because that girl is tripping yeah <laughs> yeah 100 um also i wanted you to talk about you listened to last week's podcast with chris and i and you had some I, thoughts i about the whole thing what, about cleaned the kitchen it's great i love it um <laughs> what were your thoughts on what we said about Brittany? Oh, okay. I did. I think I gave you like a quick voice memo when I was washing my face. I basically listened to the podcast throughout my day. So it was with me through my schedule. Um, So what, what did I say? Oh, you were saying how like you think that she needs to be under some sort of watch and that the free Britney movement is like too, a little too much radical. And my perspective on the free Britney movement is that her fans and followers and people that want to see her like freed are people that want her to have rights, but still under some sort of care because it's very like, it's very obvious that her mental health is not well and doesn't look like it's going to get better. I think it's something that's going to be with her that she's going to have to deal with for the rest of her life. So I personally want her to be out of this, um, conservatorship because I think that that's a really toxic environment for somebody like her but I think that she needs to have a caregiver like a real responsible caregiver that has um you know you know that just has her what's the word I'm trying to think of but you know yes it has her best interest in heart like at heart Not, not the cash money yeah like you need somebody like I almost feel like family isn't it because I know that's once all that money is involved, it's just like it's too crazy. Money, family, working with family, the whole thing, it can just get so muddled. And when you're at like this level of like right. fame, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And and I just think that she needs a caregiver and somebody needs to be looking out for her. Something What's that I realized. You should come through, girl. Something that I realized that I've never talked about on the podcast is like, don't do you remember? When Jamie Lynn was named like sole trustee of her estate, no, yeah, this is like a couple months ago, and then there was like such like a public uproar that she like stepped down. Oh no, I don't, I don't recall this. Yeah, and I thought that was so weird, and I'm just like this family just like is so money hungry. I feel. Yeah. Um. Another blind. In order to make money, this former A-list teen singer is selling himself to men again. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> A-list teen singer. 
teen singer. We loved him. I loved him. We did. We loved him. Yep. But loved, so past tense. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking. Aaron. Carter? <laughs> yeah. No. But I believe it. <laughs> Are we going to get back to the girl you shined? <laughs> that was the first podcast we ever did and it never aired. <laughs> yeah. We uh, did love us some Aaron Carter. Damn. Guess it's I, a party. Everyone can come and get it. Oh my god. <laughs> like I just I don't know. I, I believe it. It's sad, it makes me sad, but I believe it. Yeah, he's but honestly, like he's on the same tier as Britney for me. Like his family took advantage of him, drugs, drug abuse. I mean you watch any you could watch Life of the Carter or whatever it was, Life of the Carters, whatever. That family was toxic. Yeah. And remember I felt like that weird documentary online on like YouTube and it was like pulling out like all the bits where like you can see him like being abused and like it's yeah. it's terrifying. And I think that he's another child star who's gonna suffer from mental illness for a very long time. Um and it makes me sad. Like his whole family has um restraining orders against him i know it's crazy but i also think nick carter is a toxic oh man. for sure for sure um one more blind this one named a a minus list actress took a foot out of the closet but is being held back by a team of guys she has quote-unquote dated those teams want to have a strategy in place or new women on their arms and people think it is zendaya that she's in the closet? Yeah. I don't know if I believe this. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I've never really thought about that with her. Like, also, like, with that blind, like, if that's that, so the, so who's, so the guys are trying to out her? No, they don't want her to come out until they, like, have new girlfriends so that it doesn't because look like mess up their PR. Right. I don't know. These guys need to relax. <laughs> like, if she wants to come out, let her come out. Because I guess she did a Vanity Fair article or interview, and they asked her what she likes most in a man, and she said they should ask gender, a gender-neutral question. I mean, that's good Good for her then. I mean, she's yeah. never come out. Like, she's never come out and has had to say, like, put a label on anything, and no one should anymore. So, like, if I agree. guys are pieces of shit. <laughs> like... Let her do what she wants to do. All right, big Aaron Carter thing for one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that he was a minus list back then. Okay, I was gonna say now. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, Aaron, but you're definitely like a D. Yeah, true. In our hearts, he's an A, but no longer (laughs) A plus. A plus in our hearts. I was like, wait. Um, okay. A big thing I want to talk about. And so Emily, my dear friend, Allie put me on her family's, like I'm now in her family, quote unquote, in the Apple realm. So I have her Apple TV plus, um, subscription now because I was desperate to watch the (laughs) Billie Eilish documentary. Um, and I watched it with my friend Christine and her boyfriend Jeff. And I really, really want to watch it with Emily as well. And then we're going to come back and talk about it another time. But I want to say this to you, Emily, before we watch it together. And then I want your thoughts. Okay. Hi. Okay. 
this documentary was two and a half hours long. And it left me with so many questions, so much conflicting feelings, so much like, is she okay? Like I was, there's just like a lot, like it starts, like my, my uneasiness started with the fact that she was like homeschooled, which is like fine. I'm not saying she's a homeschooled jungle freak. <laughs> I'm saying like um, she like her and her brother were like homeschooled and like were like taught to like play instruments and write songs and da da da. Like it almost seems like she was like groomed to do this. Okay, and there were like a lot of instances where I felt like her mom or like her brother were forcing her to like work on music when she really like didn't want to. Mm. And it's also interesting. So, like, they started filming this documentary in 2016, um, up until 29, late 2019, or maybe possibly early 2020. Um, oh no, it was early 2020 because uh, her Grammy wins were in there. So, this was being filmed for four years. Um, That's actually really cool. They were able yeah. to collect four years of footage so we could psychoanalyze it. I know, <laughs> but um, so it was like. Um, so obviously she like got famous from her EP Don't Smile at Me but then it was like very interesting to me that they like knew she was going to be a big enough star to like decide we're going to work on filming you for four years true like I don't know it's kind of weird to me and then like there was there was this sense of like you know when she was like recording she was like constantly saying I hate writing songs like all this stuff and like there was like a lot of instances where she was like very clearly miserable yikes and um but then like also in like recent years like last year I think or 2019 sorry she like came out and said like she likes writing songs better now and like that she thought about killing herself when she was in 2018 like when her when she was like starting to get more famous and all that stuff. And she said like, she was really clinically depressed, like during that time. It's like, that might have to do with it. And then also like she was 16, 17, 18 during this. So that's also a really like moody time. Oh yeah. And then, and then there was, uh, she had a boyfriend who she was 16. He was 22. Yikes. And like, just like no one acted like it was weird. Like, it just, like, I don't know. And he was, like, abusive. And it was just, like, I was left, like, wondering, does she love does she love doing this or is she forced to do this? Hmm. And also, like, is it statutory rape if you're, like, 22 and 16? Like, I don't – and, like, why did no one care? Yeah, that's all kind of tricky territory. So was she marketing her – was she marketing this documentary a lot? Um, yeah, kind of. I, she's not, like, a big marketer, I feel like, but she, really? like, promoted it, you know? Yeah, I guess that's, that was, would have been a better um, term to use because, like, I just wonder, like, how much she stands by the documentary and, like, how they portrayed her because, like, there's so – it's so – like, producers can make any sort of bias they want, so, <laughs> you know – People were saying, like, comparing it to, like, Taylor Swift's Miss Americana, like, mm-hmm. and a lot of more recent celebrity documentaries that almost come off as, like, propaganda. Like, I'm not saying that they are, that it's, like, 
Um, Chasing Happiness, my favorite documentary of all time. But it's like that they're trying to sell a certain narrative. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. But But, that leads into their image? Yes. Okay, because that's how I could see this because I feel like she has this. No, but this was not that. Oh. This was very like, there. it was all almost like home video footage. Like there was never any like, there was no talking heads. There was no like, Billy's manager starts talking, da da da. There was never any of that. And it was like, the film was pretty much just like you were just a fly on the wall the whole time. And they said that they gave the director full control of what made the final cut. Well, I feel like even even in the same instance, even if it's not filmed like a documentary, you can still choose and edit stuff to make it fit your image, just like social media, you know? Like, and I think I question some of the things that they left in because they don't necessarily make her look good. See, that's really interesting to me. But who knows? I mean, maybe she signed a contract when they started this in 2016 saying, I give you the rights to put any of this footage you want public. Here you go. And, and under I, contract, she can't say, you know, she can't defend herself. Like, I know, like, I read, like, she, that they were shocked that they, like, kept her relationship in there. Yeah, that seems, like, deep. Right? Like, and I don't want this to come across that I don't like Billy because it's not that. It's not that I don't like Billy. And, like, I think, like, there's a lot that goes into it. I think, like, she was depressed. I think there's a lot of pressure on her. I think there is, like, a lot of, a lot going into it. And I don't blame her for like being upset about some of the things that were happening like in the film but at the same time I was just like I was left feeling like okay what was this supposed to make us feel like I don't like I don't know like I it left me just feeling kind of uncomfortable about her fame and like whether or not I think there's no question that she I'm sure she's like a nice person and I think like she enjoys performing but it was like really portrayed that she like really didn't like creating and that Phineas was really like the one being like, Billy, we have to do this. Billy, we have to da da da. And like, they'd be like in the kitchen with like the mom and the brother and the dad. And they'd be like, Phineas would be like, okay, like I was told by Interscope that we have to make a hit, but we can't tell Billy that it's going to be a hit because she'll be upset if she knows we're trying to make hits. And then there's just like a lot, like, I don't know. I really, really need you to watch it with me. Okay. I want to, I I really want to. And it's interesting because I'm not like, not really a Billie Eilish fan. Like I've never really listened to her music, not for any reason. I just, just never, I never click her name. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in the storyline because I wonder, I want to see the narrative that they're trying to tell. I also think like in conjunction with like Framing Britney Spears coming out and being such a big, big success, I think it's easy. Like, we're going to cross analyze this. Like, we're going to look into this. Cause like, we don't. Childhood stardom is like under a really big like watchful eye right now yeah like we don't want another creator like suffering because they're being forced to produce and they don't want to like that sucks the joy out of anything like I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to support that if it's not really supporting the artist like I love that album but I like it makes me like bummed to like see how seemingly miserable she was making it yeah but also, like, when I think of myself when I was, like, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like, like, <laughs> I, like I wouldn't want to see myself on film either. Like, I can't even imagine, you know, what, if, you, if there was a camera following me and there was a director and they were getting footage, what, what, they, could, what they could take from that and, and make it into oh, their Oh, totally. I could be a fucking nightmare. Like, I wonder if, if, if Billy or her brother or anyone would come out with a statement. 
you know, yeah. like I wonder what their, their publicity team thinks of this documentary. Like what, you know, they have all these teams. If this is going to affect her image in any way or make people worry about her, I would think that they would jump on that as soon as possible. I think one wants that. I think like she, her goal is to be like very like authentic. And I think, I think like overall, like in the documentary, she says, you know, like people are always saying like, oh, like Billy, Billy, be happy. And she's like, and that's bullshit because I never feel happy. It's like, why would I act like something I'm not? And like, so I think she would, I don't think she would want some like sunny documentary that like made it look like, oh my God, like I this ride to fame was just such like a joy. Like, I think like she um, wanted it to be like authentic, but I I think that's good. Because yeah. it's relatable to your viewers, but at the same time, like, I don't think you want to glamorize mental health. Like, I don't think you want to glamorize, like, depression. Like, that also, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, that. Yeah, I don't think they do, but at the same time, it's a it, delicate so line. Yeah, like, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. And I don't we'll want together to this week. Maybe we'll even make a special midweek after we watch it episode. Just yeah, look, on look that. Like a quickie. We'll call, we'll call it a quickie. <laughs> Um, quickie. No, I don't want to say glamorizing mental health, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes like I feel like they can take it and they like use it to their advantage because it is a hot topic. And yeah, I don't, I didn't get that feeling, but I know what you're saying, but I'm not saying that she would do that, but that like producers or directors could take advantage of that. But I feel like part of her image is like her music and stuff to me always comes off like sad. Yes. Like it's, it it is a kind of dark to me and, and, everything from the styling of her shoots and like her album covers and everything there's like a darkness like I feel like from this documentary we don't walk away with a better understanding of her as a person okay um and I feel like that's usually what a documentary is for so that's why I'm kind of like hmm what was the point a little bit but I'm also glad I saw it so like I don't want it to come across as like I hate like I didn't hate it it was just it left me with like much to think about like I literally it's to the point where I want everyone in my life to watch it so that I can ask every individual person like what they thought. Okay, I definitely want to see it because I don't think that I don't think that she would glamorize depression. I don't think that that's the point of it. I wish just I didn't leave that the sound I feel like that sounded negative, but I didn't want it to sound negative. Like I just hope that she like I, I hope the directors like I'm I'm worried about the way that it was cut for her, like for her. That's like my only thing. That's my worry. Because if she's yeah. something that does go through shit, then I would hope that they would paint her in a way that she wanted. Yeah. Nobody likes feeling misunderstood. And no. Darn, imagine that you're you're famous and everybody has the wrong idea of who you are. Like, imagine carrying that burden. Especially if you don't want to be I liked, you know, well, last thing I'll say is I did like that they didn't glamorize, like, fame or, like, that they did show, like, like there's things that happen that I'm that I like empathized and I was like I would be pissed too, you know. Yeah. So it's not like she was just being unreasonable. That's not what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I genuinely like I feel bad for her. Like it makes it makes me sad. I hope that she yeah. was taken advantage of. Yeah, the documentary. That's what it, my takeaway was. It made me sad for her. But we'll we will make a quickie this week. I'm vowing now to my viewership, my listener. My listenerhood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Definitely not that. Like <laughs> My listenerhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving uh, on. Um, at a sprightly 71, Catherine McPhee um, has welcomed their her baby boy with David Foster. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yes. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly for it. They're a great match. Like, she loves to sing. He loves a woman who can sing. Play play the piano, have a nice song together. Rock I that baby into this world. My question is, at what age does it become selfish to have a kid that old? I mean, here's the thing. is I feel like because you're that age, you're so aware of the pros and cons. And I think that they're so in love. The Catherine mm-hmm. McKee wants to have a baby with this man and they're aware that like he won't be able to be there for the entire ride of that child's life. But like they love each other so much and she wants to have a baby that like they're willing to sacrifice that. So, I mean, that is hard. And I think also when you grow up with like an older parent, maybe like you are more like self-aware. I don't know. Maybe not actually. I have no idea. That seems crazy. It would be just as sad. Um, but I don't know. Like, I actually support it because if you're so in love and she's young and she wants to have a baby, like, I think, you know. Like, I have no beef when people are, like, in their 40s or whatever. But I mean, like, when you're, like, 60s, 70s, I'm like, that kind of sucks. Like, you're going to be, like, 20 and your dad's 90. It It is old. But she's young. That's true. And you just can't help who you fall in love with sometimes. That's true. For the sake of love. For the sake of love. <laughs> All right, Madison Beer released her debut album this week, um, which I okay. I my feelings were like that all of it sounded kind of like someone else, like not one specific person, but like it kind of sounded like Melanie Martinez in some spots. It kind of sounded like absolutely. Did you listen? I listened to snippets of it. I couldn't listen to a full song of each song. <laughs> like I, the <laughs> intros were all like they sound like they were sampled from other pop artists. And even like arm like R and B artists, like it, that's how it got the set. Like it didn't. The album kind of all blended together, and it didn't. I I didn't like get a sense of her voice, like not like the sound yeah. of her voice, but like her. Like it didn't feel like I didn't feel like there was any personality or anything. But I have to say, I listened to. Um, and I felt like Chris was judging me for this, but I listened to this podcast. Where they interviewed Tana Mojo. Okay, and one of the people who were it was interview interviewing. We never judge you here at the Do We Think podcast. That's true, because we all love the pop culture tea. But um, mm-hmm. you know, like Jack and Jack? Yep. So you Jack know how Jelinski. dated Madison Beer? Yep. And so Tana was like, he, he was like, nobody has, nobody with like as much like, well, like what was that is? Like they were talking about people who have a lot of followers, but have more problems than how many followers they have. Like they're that messed up. And Jack, and Jack Linsky was like, oh, that's me. Like I have so many, so many problems, way more than my followers. And then Tana was like, mm, like, I don't know, like, and then she's like, maybe your ex-girlfriend, and she was like, very true, very true, and then she's like, listen, like, I don't want to be mean, like, we all know, like, me and her had a really big falling out, she didn't, like, say her name, but you knew who it was, and she said, we had a really big falling out, like, I just felt a huge fakeness from her, and, like, I keep it real with, like, all my friends, and and everybody, there was four interviewers in that podcast, and they all were, like, agreeing, like, they were, like, yeah, and then they were, like, we stand Zach Bia, who is her other ex-boyfriend who's like mm-hmm. very big in like the fashion club scene. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because I've heard and like, I feel like very little people stand her as a person. Like, I feel like I never hear a lot of positive stuff from her. Like I've never like come across a Madison beer fan, but I, I thought it was interesting. I, um, this is like embarrassing to say as a thirty-year-old <laughs> woman. My own embarrassing thing. I'm, that I listened to that podcast today. No. So, like, for me, I, like, to keep in the know, I follow a ton of, like, pop culture, like, accounts on Twitter. And, like, a lot of comments are, like, from people that are, like, stan Twitter, you know. So, it's, mm-hmm. like, 
I'll say something about Madison and then, you know, all of the Madison stands are like flocking under this tweet. So like I definitely have seen like okay. <laughs> they are they exist. I mean they have to exist because she has millions of followers. Yeah. So like, they're there. But I I just thought that was some interesting tea. Um that podcast was kind of like good tea all around. Horrible interviewers though. They were talking <laughs> all over each other. They were also all drunk. Oh, they were God. all like, drinking tequila as we're doing the podcast. So by the end of it, I think Jacqueline was hammered. Oh, no. And I think that he was like saying stuff that like maybe he didn't they maybe they didn't want to say that. And they had this big conversation about somebody and they bleeped their name the whole entire time. That's like weird. and they were talking shit and they bleeped their name like crazy for like five minutes. I think it was Cameron Dallas, I think. And then they were talking shit about him. And now he's a shitty person. Anyway. It's all alleged over here. This is all alleged. All yep. alleged. What I wanted to say, though, about Madison Beer is that she said that her years working with Scooter Braun were miserable, and the whole time he was saying, oh, you don't have a say, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I believe it, because Scooter Braun is I For Absolutely. I definitely believe that. Also, okay, so I guess Paramount is coming out with a um, subscription, like a streaming service and like they're making so many reboots they're making a claymation rugrats reboot which like ew wait clay i actually love claymation i think it's like a sensory issue thing for me but um that's weird but that's frightening (laughs) i honestly Um, this is like a side thing but chris yesterday said that our dog reminded her reminded him of angelica from the rugrats and i totally got that vibe no i get that vibe as well Cause she's so fresh. She's so fresh. She's so mean to like new friends, new dog friends lately. I can't with her. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say she reminds me of a claymation, and I kind of was on board with that too. Because <laughs> of her eyes. Yeah. Minajrasi. <laughs> she's a good girl though. She she loves her people. Yeah. I have an only child during the pandemic. What are you gonna do? Um, I was on Reddit and people were up in arms saying that they think that Ariana Grande's lyrics have gone downhill. What do you think? I do not think so. I think she's never been or claimed to be a big lyricist. Like, I think, like, people are like, well, you can be both. And it's like, well, yeah, you can. But, like, some people, like, I wouldn't call Taylor Swift a big vocalist, to be honest. But, like, she's a great lyricist. And, like, I'm, like, I haven't ever really gone to Ariana for, like, I need, like, a deep, like, soul-crushing, like, you know. Yeah, it's not poetic. Poetry. She's not writing more of like a, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I mean, but I think like every era of Ariana is a little bit different. Like I feel like Sweetener, like those lyrics were really, like some of those lyrics still, like you keep me in your orbit. I was like, oh, like all like those, I thought. What? You keep me in your orbit is a great analogy. Yeah. Like I think that that was a really great out like album lyric lyrics wise oh. positions yeah i'm saying that that was great like oh, i think you're saying keep me in your orbit that's no, like- i'm saying i liked it <laughs> like, that was an era where i think it was about the lyrics because she i feel like that there she was going through stuff and she was telling a story and i think mm. maybe her last like positions and the deluxe stuff that's not the point of that album i think that it's supposed to be fun and i yeah. think it's, she doesn't have to be a lyricist. I don't think it's the point of the album. Like, not every record a pop star comes out with has to be some beautiful tale. I don't think that's that's not her. And I don't think she has Agree. to do that. Agree. If you want that, listen to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> listen, to, listen to Sweetener. Listen to a different album. But downhill okay. is there. Yeah, I agree. Love story. 
Taylor's version has debuted at number one on the Hot Country Songs chart, becoming her eighth chart topper and first number one, first number one debut on the chart, which is wild because it's a remake. Wow, girl really can sell those singles. But you she know really what? Did so well because it wasn't appealing just to like you know people who like country music now or like a younger generation. Like it really caught all of us. Like people, people who might not have listened to Taylor for years came back for that nostalgia. It was like this song when I was in high school and to hear her mm-hmm. sing it again as a woman, it just was, it was nice. It was, you know, it was. I was taking um, it all the time. What else? Joshua Bassett has scrapped his collaboration with Sabrina Carpenter. I know. The he t- said... It was a very mutual conversation about what is best right now for everybody in this whole situation. I didn't want my EP to be overshadowed by some other narrative that people were trying to make. And I think that's a good decision. Absolutely. I think that it was going to overshadow it. Because then it was like his music was losing his integrity because people thought it was all fake. Like it's like losing everything it was meant to be. Um, Yeah. So I think that's a good thing. Um, Nick Jonas has released his new song, Spaceman. Did you hear it? No, because I'm mad at Nick Jonas. For being solo? Not for being solo, for just, like, being fresh. No, for existing. He hosted SNL last night. I'm excited to see it. And Kevin was, like, in the audience. Ah. (laughs) I heard you're going solo again, Nick. (laughs) Wait, that's iconic. So, I don't know. We have to see. I just, I don't like Nick Jonas. I think yeah, he has Nick a real Jonas. bad attitude. I think he's a narcissist, and I don't like Nick Jonas. A legend. The tea is hot. I'm burnt. I'm like, honestly, like, I just, I was never a Jonas Brothers fan, but I've watched Chasing Happiness twice. Mm-hmm. Once with me. With great passion. Yeah. And I came out with it thinking that Nick Jonas is a selfish person, and his wife, not a good person. Girl, I have, we're going to talk about them. I know. Well, I learned it's from your podcast with Gina. I learned so much, right? With you and Gina. No, talk? with Chris. With Chris. With Chris. And then I was, I was really heated up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really losing it, you guys. This man, I okay. It was like I didn't understand what the song was about. I don't know if I'm getting old. Like I didn't understand what like he's like. I'm a, I'm a spaceman, and I was oh, like, I'm sad I didn't listen to it. I didn't even know he came out with a song. Um. But then, like, the chorus is very, like, late 2000s Chris Brown. Like, which Chris Brown song? Wait, actually, I'm literally going to pause, and I'm going to have you listen to it. Okay. Can you pause? Will that mess up the recording? I'm going to stop it, and then I'll put the two together. Okay, I'm going to put it on right now. Okay. Okay. All right, Emily is fresh off of a listen to Spaceman. Tell me, what is a Spaceman? So I appreciate. So a Spaceman is somebody who feels isolated. That's what I'm oh, getting. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I, think I went into it thinking it was like you were going to say that you need space, like, and you're like, I'm a Spaceman. Like, and you well, the whole thing is supposed to be a message about COVID. That's what the whole thing is. It's clearly like it's a political statement. Oh, wow. Went right over my head. I just read because it was like fake news, like being isolated. That's what I'm getting from it. And I appreciate a song with a message during a time like this. He's saying like, we keep saying stuff, but nothing's coming through. Like, 
to vote, but nothing will change. Like, oh, there's just, see, I didn't look at the lyrics. I was just driving, so I couldn't really understand I know. the lyrics. I guess, like, true. Like, if I hadn't read the lyrics, I probably would have not known either. So, like, I appreciate the message. It does mm-hmm. kind of have, like, a negative undertone for me, which is, like, it's a message. And, like, maybe that's the point. But, like, it's kind of, it's, like, sad. Like, it's, we are sad. Like, we are, like, it's a sad thing. So, we were sad. It's not very uplifting of a song. And was it not so early Chris Brown? Oh my gosh. Yeah. With like the, all the, yes. which I actually thought the beat was kind of fun, but like yeah. I think the spaceman sounds silly. I don't know how like other yeah. words describe it. Like it, it kind of makes the song like lose its purpose. A little I would have liked it better. <laughs> I feel isolated. Like, I'm a spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> not like the purpose. I don't think he was going for. Right. Anyway, that's my takeaway, but I'm not sure if that's on. I'm not sure if that's correct, but that's what I interpreted. Oh, I love that take. Um, devastating news that has a happy ending, kind of, but like, does it? So this past week, Lady Gaga's dogs were targeted by thieves on Wednesday night. Thieves huh. shot her dog Walker four times and stole Great. two of her French bulldogs. Um, and Gaga was offering. $500,000 for the return of her dogs, no questions asked. The dog walker had three of Gaga's bulldogs out in Hollywood just before 10 p.m. Also, not a smart time to go walking, but, like, I'm not judging. Might need not to pick your mic a little bit. We're getting a little feedback over here, a little spaceman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spaceman's getting some feedback on the, <laughs> on the mic. But um, the dogs were recovered and unharmed Friday by the LAPD. Um... But, like, for me, that's, like, great that the dogs are unharmed. But, like, why did that poor person have to be shot four times to take these dogs? That is so senseless. That is so crazy. It's insane. And then I was reading about dog nappers, and they're, like, it's the highest it's ever been, dog napping, in the country. Because there's not a lot of dogs. People want dogs right now. And dogs are worth a lot of money and people need money. And people, French bulldogs, very like worth a very lot of expensive dogs. Yeah. So that's just scary. And I think it's a reminder that we have to be safe when we're taking our dogs out for walks and we have to be careful and check our surroundings. Like it's weird that you forget. And you, sometimes you forget, like this is a, you have a valuable thing with you. Um, but yeah, that's, Got wrenching. Like I can't even imagine what Lady Gaga went through, let alone her dog walker who was freaking shot. And like imagine the guilt you would feel, even though it's not her fault whatsoever. Like great that the dogs are back. Like this woman is now like like you know, disabled or something to some degree forever. So do they know who like did they confiscate the guys who stole the dogs or girls or whoever they were? It just says that. A woman brought the dogs to the station, um, and Lady Gaga's rep and detectives went to the station and confirmed they were the dogs. Um, the woman who dropped the dogs off appears to be uninvolved and unassociated. Interesting. Hmm. So, anybody out in LA walking your dogs, be very careful. Be careful in LA. Be careful here. Well, be careful there. everywhere. I don't trust anybody. Uh, yeah feel that um post malone released a cover of hootie and the blowfish's only want to be with you for pokemon's 25th anniversary and i honestly love it i love it except for 
<laughs> like in the beginning, I think this is going to be a thing. Like a lot of different artists are going to be coming out with covers that are for the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, but they make this like weird, like video game noise, like in a synthesizer, like mm-hmm. in the background. And so it was a little bit like in the beginning, I was like, what is happening? Like, why am I like Hootie and the Blowfish in like Pokemon Red? Like, but his vocals were great and I loved it. Okay. And I liked that he changed the Dolphins Make Me Cry to the Cowboys Make Me Cry because he's a Cowboys fan. Oh, I do love Pokemon. So I'm excited to uh, give, that a, give that a listen. Um, Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelor has um, franchise has deactivated her Instagram after being harassed by Bachelor Nation. Um, her podcast co-host, Van Laffin, confirms she did it because that's how much hate she's getting from Bachelor fans who are spamming her with all kinds of rude and hateful things to say. And I think, so for anybody who doesn't know, she was doing an interview with Chris Harrison, who is the host of The Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise. And basically, he really missed the boat, said some things that were not acceptable and very just tone deaf in this climate of where we're at as a nation. And Rachel, as, you know, a black woman was, you know, saying like, this is not okay. But for some reason, people think it's okay to like attack her for standing up for what was clearly something wrong that he said. And I think it is very not cool that she is getting hate for this. And, like, standing up, like, I don't even understand standing up. Like, she's going to defend herself. She's going to, you know, like, that's crazy to me. And he put this upon himself. Like, yeah. he came on that show and he said those foolish things. And she had to be there and she could be part of it. And that must have broke her heart to hear somebody speak that way to her that she worked with and respected in the past. Like, for all of us, it was so disappointing to see somebody who we really enjoy you know, turn out to be so ignorant. Uh, ignorant, yeah. So shame on those people for spamming her, honestly. Seriously. I think that's so distasteful. It really is. Um Justin Bieber speaks on his new album, Justice, out Friday, March 19th, saying, I know that I cannot simply solve injustice by making music, but I do know that if we all do our part by using our gifts to serve this planet and each other. We are that much closer to being united. And I like the title Justice. I like that message. And I'm hopeful that it will be a good release. I'm curious. Oh, my cat wants to leave the room. Emily, Um, take the mic, honey. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what this album sounds like. But I'm getting, like, I've been hearing, like, weird rumors. I don't know if this is true because I don't know enough about, like, the Selena stuff. But that there's songs about Selena on it or something like that. I'm not really sure. Did you pick up any of that? Oh, she's headphones. So I was just saying to the people about how there's those rumors, (laughs) the people, the rumors about, like, there being songs about Selena on the album. Ugh, get over it. It's just, like, rumors, right? I don't know. I'm not, like, I don't. Not know. you. Huh? Not you, but like people in general. Like, oh, okay. I didn't think you were talking to me. I'd be like, get over it, Emily. <laughs> Excuse me? Um, anyway, that was um, just- Now I want to do a deep dive into Nick Jonas and Priyanka. So I did a like deep look into their relationship. Like, I really went back and like followed the timeline. I have things to say. 
Okay, I'm into it. All right. I think they mm-hmm. are a contract relationship. Mm-hmm. According to them, Nick sent the first text message, okay? On February 26, 2017, mm-hmm. Priyanka and Nick officially met at the 2017 Vanity Fair Oscar party. Fast forward to April 2017, they, quote, hung out for a couple hours before Nick patted her on the back before he left because, according to him, her mom was in the house and he was trying to be respectful. (laughs) And Priyanka was like, too respectful if you ask me, but whatever. And then um, May 2017, we have the Met Gala. Both Priyanka and Nick were going to wear Ralph Lauren, and so the designer invited them to attend the event together. Priyanka told Jimmy Kimmel, we both were wearing Ralph Lauren, and we decided to go together. That's all well and good, and then they did not see each other for a whole year. <laughs> um, Interesting. The next time they saw each other was at the 2018 Met Gala, another event. And then, um, like, a couple months later, um, not even, like, a couple weeks later, they were spotted at an L.A. Dodgers game where Us Weekly reported Priyanka and Nick were talking really closely and were very smiley and very happy. And then on May 29th, two days later, Us Weekly reported that they were dating and it's brand new. And then on June 9th, Priyanka and Nick attended his cousin's wedding in New Jersey. So the tabloids were like, oh, they're getting serious. And then they were posting on Instagram, or you know, like stupid, like heart eyes and stuff. That's not stupid, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they also state that reports claim that the two are set to be engaged by the end of July or beginning of August this year. And then it was announced by people on July 27th that they were engaged. Hmm. And then September 7th, 2018, they made their red carpet debut as an engaged couple at whose show? Ralph Lauren. Um, And then... Oh, it's so weird. It's like their relationship was non-existent until May 25th, 2018 at the Met. And then less than two months of dating, they are engaged. And it was like they started texting each other but then didn't meet each other for months. And then they met and hit it off. And, you know, sources were like, Nick was so in love and so lovesick he couldn't move. But then they didn't see each other for a whole other year. And... um at this time, Nick was on tour with Demi Lovato, who I'm pretty sure was in love with him um, because her songs like ruined the friendship and all that stuff. I'm like, who yeah. else would it have been about? Second of all, Nick was publicly dating other people. Like in 2016, when he supposedly fell head over heels for Priyanka, he was linked to Lily Collins. And then in November 2017, he was dating George Fowler. And then in March 2018 – AKA at the time he was getting hot and heavy with Priyanka. Um, he was publicly out hooking up with this Australian girl named Annalisa Azaredo. And September 2016, she was like, he was chilling with this Playboy model. Like, it's pretty clear when you look at everything, they weren't this like love struck couple that was pining over each other. Yeah, this seems like too, like, this seems like a scripted narrative. Makes sense. One second, Brad, stop letting the cats in here. They don't want to be in here, and then they meow, and I'm, I'm distressed. <laughs> the cats, they like really. You think the dog is the problem? No, it's the cats. <laughs> um, I had a dream about you and the dog last night, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> I about you last night, that's so yeah. weird. 
I Wait, really? about you. Yes. Oh my god. I'll tell you later about yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> um so Priyanka, I think, benefits from this because one, and now she's no longer like blacklisted because she's married to a huge American star and it's never ending publicity. When she announced her wedding registry, it was partnership with Amazon. Mm-hmm. And one thing you should know, I think, is that the Jonas Brothers management really wanted the Jonas Brothers grown-up aesthetic to be like they were all married. And rings. Priyanka definitely likes the fame more than Nick. She seems to thrive on fame and publicity. And regardless of their true, you know, relationship behind closed doors, she is very controlling about who he can come in contact with, I think. Like in May 2019, Miley Cyrus posted a screenshot of her DMs with Nick and captioned it like that moment when even your ex knows your socials have been like fire emoji. And he had been like, what? Who posted that? Miley. Okay. Um, And it was like, it was just something silly, like, you know, social media, like throwback pictures and it was harmless. And then Priyanka has no fucking chill. She's like, LOL, ha 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 ha. My hubby is right. These posts are fire. <laughs> like, just like so over, like, girl, like, calm down. We know he's your husband. Like, relax. Interesting. In summary, I just think they are a BS couple. Yeah, like, even I was just like on Instagram. So I just wanted to like see if I'm like refresher of Priyanka and like, God, her posts are so freaking annoying. Her posts on Valentine's Day is just her around, like, all these red roses. I wish she were here, Nick Jonas. Just a couple of roses. And then everything else is just a promo, promo, promo for a book. It's, like, yeah, obviously, like, self-promote, baby. Like, use that Instagram. Like, oh, yeah. Good gracious. There's just nothing authentic about her. I don't trust her. Something Emily and I saw on TikTok and were shook by is that Britney Spears lived in this house. <gasps> and yes, this is such a oh my god, JR, if you're listening to this, listen closely because you will be so hooked by this. Emily, do you want to tell it? Yeah, I'll tell it. Go so ahead. there was actually, wait, I'm kind of bad at retelling stories because I forget stuff, but you have a than I do. Okay. You know, I'm going to be like, there was a house in LA. Like, I'm just going to get it wrong. Oh, wait. So, okay, you tell it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> there's this house in LA and Britney Spears had this like friend that was like a spiritual, like what was the friend? Yeah. they ha- She had like some sort of like spiritual reader, um, like, you know. Some LA woo-woo kind of thing. Yeah. I don't even know but, if uh, it was a friend and she might have like hired I think might have hired this guy to like check out the house yeah so she basically like said she had really bad vibes at this house thought this house was like haunted or not haunted like that there was like something spiritually like wrong with this home and she like basically one day like went to this spiritual healer person and said I have really bad feelings about this house and then just up and left the house and never returned and um you went there did you were you gonna get to that part oh no I forgot <laughs> the spiritual healer went to the house and said this house has very dark energy do not live here yes and then fast forward to Brittany puts this house on the market who buys it Brittany why can I think of her name Brittany Murphy thank you yeah. hi Jesse welcome to your podcast um <laughs> Brittany Murphy and her husband bought this house and they both died in that house. Yeah. And, and like, I was shook by this. 
Yeah. And the way that like the TikTok describes it, she was like, this spiritual healer came in and was like adamant that it was a bad place. And I thought that that was scary, scary, scary. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if we built that up too much, but it's, a, I think that's wild. Wild. I talk about Amy Murphy in another podcast, please. I know. I mean, it's truly just like a crazy, sad mystery. That's a podcast you should have JR guest on because he's <gasps> he's a he is like a Brittany Murphy biggest fan. He had like a Brittany Murphy themed party. He loves her. So he <laughs> JR. Oh my god, JR, I'm calling you very soon for Brittany Murphy. Can I, can I also be there? Yeah. Can we have a round table discussion? Yes, we can. Um some housewives news getting messy. Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi's cats meowing. <laughs> um, according to court documents filed on November 25th and obtained by a weekly. <laughs> can you hear this cat? I honestly can't hear her. Oh, okay, cool. That's okay. great. Um, the powerhouse lawyer who is 81 asked the court to terminate their ability to award the reality star 49 spousal support. So in their initial divorce filing on November 2nd, um, Erica requested spousal support and asked that the court stop Girardi um, from asking for spousal support from her. What? That, what I just said makes sense. I don't think it did. Um, she asked for spousal support and then he asked the court to stop her from asking for that. So but then, it wasn't originally in their contract? Like it wasn't in their prenup? <clears throat> I don't know. So in court documents obtained by Us Weekly, the firm alleges that Erica Jane and Girardi are on the verge of financial collapse and locked in a downward spiral of mounting debts and dwindling funds. Neither Jane nor Girardi have addressed the lawsuit, which also accused them of embezzling settlement money from an airplane crash that killed 189 passengers. But um, Erica tweeted about high drama once news of the suit broke. So basically, originally, she was asking for spousal support, and he is seeking to say, hell nah. Sounds like you can't do that right now. Mm-mm. Um, some more reality news. Um, back together, Claire Crowley and Dale Moss. Photos of them were spotted about them, of them out and about in Venice. Florida and they weren't wearing masks, so shame on them. Um, but they neither of them either. Oh, shoot, but um, no, but neither of them have commented. What do you think, Em? I mean, I want to go to her Instagram real quick. Okay. Um, there we go. There she is. Um, neither of them have commented. All of their photos together are still up. Interesting. Got no news here. I mean, this is what I think. Tell me, mama. Oh my god, look at all these photos of them on the beach. I don't trust this man for a freaking second. I, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Which is and not I really hope that he's not, you know, throwing her in the fire to get played again. Because I, I think that he's in it for the fame and you can't tell me otherwise. Agree. Yeah. Um, Chris Jenner, according to E News, has filed an application to trademark Chris Jenner Beauty, Chris Jenner Skin, and Chris Jenner Skincare. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chris is no stranger to the beauty industry because Kylie and Kim have their own skincare and makeup lines. Um, I just think like 
enough. <laughs> you know, First of all, their skincare lines are not good. They're not good skincare lines, period. The, the only thing I like about Kylie's is um, she does have a good SPF and she does have a good scrub. Those are the only two things that are good. But the thing is, though, is like, yeah, they're good, but you can get so much better from lower price points and yes. from so many different people. Like, I don't like the fact that like she's getting money off of these products. Like they're not, they're just not the best out there. And I think that they, the cost is too high. And mm-hmm. like, it's a matter of time before Chris tries to get into the skincare market and, you know, she can target a different demographic. I'm sure that's going to be her angle, but I agree. Like we just, Jennifer Lopez just came out with, like, I can't even keep up with it. The market's getting so saturated and I just feel yeah. like people know that it's a money. Like that's where the money is right now is in skincare and beauty. Cash grab. Exactly. And uh, it just makes me question the quality and I cannot wait for Hiram to do the review because I watch everything that he does. What did he think of JLo's stuff? Um, so I honestly haven't watched a review on it. All I know is that olive oil is like, it's really good for your skin, but it's not proven to do the things that she, like it's not scientifically proven to do any of the things that she says it claims. Okay. Um, and a lot of like natural beauty products like that aren't really proven by science. Mm. And um, yeah, they're not like, yeah, that's all I can say about that. So I don't know. I, I can't speak on it. Um, all I know is Jennifer Lopez does look beautiful. Yep. Do I think it's all from her skincare? I don't know about that. I don't um, know. But yeah, I, I need to watch that. I need to watch that review. Last thing I want to talk to you about. Um, so James Charles, um, YouTube star, has come under fire with accusations, not for the first time, um, from a 16-year-old alleging that he was groomed by him over a period of time. So James vehemently denied the grooming and previously released a statement claiming he was duped into the conversation um, and cut off contact after he found out that he was younger. Um, so even through all that, this person, this accuser, has, you know, is um, – saying that, you know, no, how James is saying it is not the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kid has, like, a big following on TikTok now, like, more than 200,000 followers. And he's had at least one video removed from TikTok for making accusations against James. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Isaiah is claiming that he was the one who blocked James on Snapchat and not the other way around, and that James allegedly never asked for his age. Um, But he also said that when he found out – that he was 18, he didn't stop sending the pictures or didn't stop sending messages. That's what I thought that's what the last thing I heard he claimed. So I what I know is that he's like, James, we both know I blocked you. You never asked for my age. After I told you I was 16, you were asking yes. me for nudes and said it didn't matter. And you called me hot and said, I wish I could speed the timeline up so you can be 18. Um for was those he, who don't was believe, he posting those screenshots? I don't know. See, if, if he doesn't have – he's got to have that – he's got to have those receipts. True. Um, James said, there's a video going around about me on TikTok and Twitter of a guy calling me a groomer, and I wanted to address it right away. Last week, I came across someone on Instagram, on my Instagram Explorer page, saw he followed me and added him on Snapchat. He sent photos. I asked how old he was right away, and he told me he was 18, so I started flirting back. It's now clear, based on the video he uploaded, he was taking photos of me with another device – 
and he had an ulterior motive from the beginning. I found out his age, and I told him I was really uncomfortable and apologized for flirting, but he insisted on talking, saying it could be our little secret. He's a fan of mine and would never tell anyone. I said, no, we haven't spoken since. After false allegations like this in the past, I would never knowingly engage with anyone underage and put my life on the line for a few Snapchats. I kind of am, like, inclined to believe that. Well, did did – Char- like Charles have anything to offer James <laughs> Charles <laughs> did James have any screenshots to prove that I it's know. all hearsay all of this is hearsay like there's nothing to go off of and like part of me does like believe that like okay like that's true he's dealt with this in the past why would he do it again that's so stupid yeah um, but at the same time like maybe this is a pattern that we're not seeing mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, in Hollywood and in this business, grooming is a very common thing that happens and it gets overlooked time and time and time and again by these people because of their influence and their power. So mm. I don't I think that it needs to be investigated. I think that we need to see the proof. We can't just like go in here and just start, you know, canceling any we don't we need more proof. It's not enough enough. But at the same time, like I do think it's important to keep an eye on this. And I don't think I think that he needs to be held accountable. There's something about James Charles to me that has never felt right. I'm not saying that mm. he's I'm not saying that he's a groomer or anything like that. I'm just saying in general as a person, I there's something about him I don't I get negative vibes from. Um, I don't know I, I don't know if I like him very much. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a really great influence. Um, and he's a really young audience as well. So right. I don't know. I think that we have to see how this unfolds. And I hope that whatever the truth is, that it comes forward and it's proven so people can go on with their lives. Amen to that, sister. No No. pun intended. The James says sister. (laughs) What? I was like, amen, sister. And then I, the the irony of sister came to me. I thought it was funny. But um, yes, I agree. And I hope that Whatever is going on in the darkness is brought to the light. Yeah, because I just feel like this is this happens all the time, and it's it never comes out when it needs when it should be coming out. True. I'm like, why are we always hearing about these things years later? What the heck? Like, people need to be held accountable now. So that's yeah. right. I hope, I hope we get the info we need. I agree. Well, my darling, I love you until the end of time. Oh, I love chatting you. with you. Love chatting. And until then, until next time, we are leaving you on red. On red. <laughs> Do you like that? Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> you were like my backup chick. Oh, yeah. Can we do that again? Real quick, I'm going to end it on that. We are leaving you on red. On red. <laughs> Wait, that was bad. <laughs> One more time. We are leaving you on red. Hold <laughs> on. I'm laughing too much. Okay. Get it together. Oh, my cheeks. Until next time, we are leaving you on red. I have just kept it on red. (laughs) You say it after me. (laughs) After you? Yes. Okay. Until next time, we are leaving you on red. Leaving you on. (laughs) (laughs) No, you said, I said, leaving you on red, and you said, on red. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you, need to get that. you need to tell me that. <laughs> Until next time, we are leaving you on red. On red. <laughs>